You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. We are joined by Professor Chris Button from the University of Otago to discuss World Drowning Prevention Day. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good. So what measures do we need to take to reduce drowning in New Zealand? Well, it's not a, unfortunately not a simple answer to that question. It is a complex uh, issue, drowning. It can happen various ways for various reasons. Um, but we do know it's a big problem in New Zealand. We have, uh, for a relatively small population, about 100 people a year drown. Um, and, and anyone drowning is a tragedy. So anyone can drown, but no one should. That's the motto of uh, World Drowning Prevention Day. So we're doing as much as we can to raise awareness, uh, which is important, of the issue of drowning, uh, and also looking at some of the potential solutions that people can use to, to help um, make themselves safer. Mm. Whose responsibility is it to ensure people in New Zealand how to sw- know how to swim? In the past, it's been primary sc- schools. Is this too late to be ensuring that people know how to swim? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's a shared responsibility. We've been doing some research on the best way to expose children to water safety education. And and we believe it can't just happen in swimming pools. That's a good start, but um, not many people actually drown in swimming pools. They tend to drown in open water environments. And I don't think schools um, are probably uh, resourced or, or have the expertise teach out in those different environments. So we've used groups such as Surf Life Saving New Zealand and uh, outdoor education groups and experts in in different open water environments to help the schools to teach. But I also think it's a big responsibility of the families, the parents as well, to to get get on board and uh, try and make sure that children are adequately prepared for the conditions that uh, exist in New Zealand. Many statistics reflect that it's older males who are drowning. Are there any measures that are being taken to combat older men drowning? Certainly, uh, with regards to use of life jackets in in boats, that is a common problem. Often older men, as you suggested, perhaps in power boats and um, maybe out on fishing trips, who neglect to wear a life jacket, quite often the uh, drownings suggest that there was a life jacket uh, or life jackets on the boat, but they weren't worn. So so that's a really important um, message to make sure that people do wear life jackets, but also that they've got a good plan for what would happen should things go wrong, that they are aware of the weather conditions, of course, uh, before they go out, that they have means of contacting people for, for help. So, so those very simple messages, which are often neglected, need to be taken on board to, to prevent drowning amongst the older population. Your research in the past has covered whether or not it is effective to combine swimming pool training with open water swimming to upskill people in uncontrolled situations like rivers and oceans. Could you talk us through what you found? Yeah, thanks for the question. We, we've been combining teaching in a swimming pool with different teaching in different open water places like rivers and lakes and uh, the beach. And uh, the, the, the findings are quite astounding, really, in terms of how rapidly children can learn both skills as well as the knowledge that's required in these different places. Um, they seem incredibly engaged as well when you take them to these, uh, these various open water locations. 
And what it does is it links the skills that they start to learn in a swimming pool better to uh, those outdoor places. So things like being able to float, tread water, swim underwater, um, and being able to adapt and apply them in those different places. Um, it's not often the focus of, of swimming lessons in pools. So, so we've been so, so impressed by um, how children seem to learn these things relatively quickly, you know, even within the course of a week or so. Do you think that there are enough lifeguarding and Coast Guard services in New Zealand? Well, that's a really difficult one to answer. It's obviously a lot of um, coast to, to patrol, mm. um, and it would require quite a significant investment from the government to be able to patrol every single part of the coast. It's, it's just almost um, impossible. Um, I think what we know is that drownings don't tend to happen between the flags, so those that are patrolled... Uh, are done very well. So Surf Life Saving New Zealand do an incredible job, but they just can't cope with, with you know, the, the, the extent of all of the different beach and, of course, other locations such as rivers and lakes. So it would be almost impossible to um, control access to all of those different places in New Zealand. Therefore, it's so important for everyone to know more about the risks and to take some shared responsibility for their own safety. Yes. And finally, tell us a little bit about the event that is happening at the School of PE today. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We're doing a research seminar as part of the World Drowning Prevention Day, which will help to raise awareness uh, of drowning. This is going to happen every year um, on 25th of July. So the seminar um, will be at lunchtime. And then we're also opening up the uh, school's swimming flume. So we have a a sort of water treadmill where we do a lot of our research on water safety and people are welcome to come along and try uh, swimming in in the flume and also the flume is fantastic for replicating what it feels like to get caught in in a rip in in the ocean so uh, we're giving people a chance to feel and experience that in a safe and controlled way so yeah I invite anyone who wishes to to come along or you can watch the seminar on Zoom or um, come along and, and have a go in the flume. It'd be a lot of fun. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.